Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick. The young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot. And I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 64 of the Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by my beautiful co-host, the Bell of Limerick himself, Sean Sheehan, ladies and gentlemen. Sean, how's things? Sup, Andrew? How are things? You Not just so said bad, sup. No? I did say sup. Okay, just... back to your 90s sitcom yeah. film. I have three bottles of uh, liquid here to keep me going through the podcast as I'm still in the depths of man flu. I think I have a tre- chest infection, but how- however, we will get through this you, with the um... help of Lu- LucasAid Energizer Sport, oh. which is blue. Look, another bottle of Lucozide Energizer Sport, which is filled with water, and a bottle of Coca-Cola, which is also filled with water. And sugar? No, just water. All right. Um, what I was going to say, though, is uh, it hasn't been that long since you last heard us. We did a an impromptu podcast um, a couple of days ago, myself, yourself, and Petey. And we just wanted to, um, again, remind everyone there's a GoFundMe still set up from the IAPA terms of donations towards uh, bringing Joe Carvalho's body home. I know it has gone back, but just to help the family with the costs even further. I think I saw on Facebook that one of Paul Kaiser's students is an undertaker, Sean, and I think he footed the bill for Are the you? yeah for the whole thing as well. So that uh, that's an absolutely outstanding gesture. So fair play to him. But more importantly as well, uh, as a side, we'd like to thank everyone for the messages and the feedback from the podcast last week. And uh, not something that any of us really relished having to do or ever thought that we would have to do. But um, we appreciate it greatly. And as always, the support and the outreach. And we were talking about the the negative articles about MMA, Sean. There's been a couple of good counter ones to that recently in the last week as well. And we're going to discuss that maybe more at length in the questions section of the podcast uh, towards the end. We just wanted to start off by, again, deepest condolences and thoughts to the family, the friends, the training partners, um, and to the reception that we got last week also thank you very much um, anything else Sean? Oh, I said, I thought it, yeah, as, I said, as you said there thanks everyone I was on Red FM yesterday as well I got a few nice tweets as well about it so yeah look hopefully things will, will get moving on that front with, with you know with the the regulations of Lorenzo Fertitta came out this week and said that he's willing to you know he's willing to sit down with, with, and help the Irish government to well, and the IAPA and all to put in the framework so hope, hopefully that'll get done and definitely a topic we'll be covering at length again I think in the podcast in the future yeah. but before we get on to this week's topics I need to tell you about something we need to as always give a shout out to our sponsors ROS Nutrition um, <coughs> a great supplement company big fans of Severe MMA as we are big fans of them as well they're the official supplement uh, sponsors of Dublin GEA Irish Hockey and Dundalk FC as well as other uh, teams and organisations. Just had to mention the big dogs there, you know, particularly Dundalk FC. Um, They're a small Irish company. They've got completely Irish formulated products. That means they were made by an Irishman, uh, tested by themselves as well as an independent third party. Their products genuinely are their top of the line. If you're a rugby player, a gal player, a soccer player, a cyclist, a martial artist, anything like that, they have the products for you to help you perform better and recover even faster. Uh, full breakdowns on all the supplements are on their website, which is orosnutrition.com, and they even have them split by recommendation of what supplements or brands complement this specific sport. So you go onto their website, Sean, you hover over it, it's a drop-down thing, and it'll say like athletics, resistance training, uh, soccer, football, swimming, athletics, loads of cool things like that. And maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, 
I don't do sports. I don't play with a team. I don't need to recover or perform better. What can they do for me as well? They, oh, if you're just a guy who works out or a bodybuilder or someone who wants to get in better shape, they have it's broken down by there. So you say, what do you want? I want muscle development, weight management, performance and recovery, power and strength, uh, toning and fitness, weight management, performance and recovery, different things like that. Uh, I think I mentioned everything twice there, but they're that good, Sean, we named it twice. <coughs> yeah, um, and they will be able to accommodate you from that point of view as well. It gets better though. How? How? Yeah. Well, if you're listening to this and you just thought, wait a minute, I'm a GEA player that could use help with recovery and performance. Or maybe you're a cyclist from Dingle that said, going to be cycling around Dingle. I need a little bit more. I need, need to be able to go that extra bit longer. Head on over to orsnutrition.com. Put all the items you need in a basket. And when you get to the checkout, just like in Supermarket Sweep, sweep Sean, Dale Wilton's, Dale Winton's finest, yeah. put in the code SEVEREMMA and you get 25% off your first order. Can't beat that. You cannot. They're also on Facebook and Twitter and all social medias if you just search them, ROS Nutrition. And um, hopefully you get a, get a nice good product's worth. They've also got nice shakers, nice pre-workouts, all of that sort of thing. Definitely uh, two thumbs up. Well, four thumbs up because me and Sean are both giving thumbs up as we speak. Thumbs up, Sean? Thumbs up. Excellent. This week, the world of MMA. Oh, wait. I've got a better story to start the podcast with. It's been well documented on this show over the last 64 episodes. My run-ins with the law regarding traffic-related incidents. Oh, no. What happened now? Well, there was a traffic-related incident last night. Go on. What happened? So... What happened to uh, jo- <laughs> Andrew Jones? Andrew John, John McGann. <laughs> well, well, John McGann's my brother's name, actually, so that'll do. But, so, I'm not too sure if I can talk about this due to potential ongoing legal proceedings. Oh, no. But, um, my once clean driver's license currently has a couple of points on it. Ah, Andrew. Yeah. So, do you want to hear my side of the story, or do you want to hear the pig side of the story? <laughs> I want to hear what actually happened. Well, you're not going to get that in the podcast, I'm afraid, Sean. So, right. no, I'm only joking. The um, So, what happened was, I was coming down to a junction. Yeah. And I was on my phone, okay? This ah, is at, this, this is at one o'clock in the morning, okay? No I was force. coming up to a junction, and I was at the junction. I wasn't driving when I was on the phone to my friend Brian, and I was, like... To be honest with you, Sean, I probably am a black belt at texting and driving. Oh, um, right. Not that I would ever do it uh, actively, but I do think that I'm responsible enough. My phone is, is hooked up to Bluetooth. I would only ever use my phone like in my hand if I was on a road around my house. Do you know that? Like a local town road that isn't a sharp turn, that's well lit, that's just straight. And even then... When it comes more into town, I won't be on my phone. I'll have it on Bluetooth. So this I can't isn't. Stand up. I can't stand up for you on this one. That's bad. You shouldn't be doing that. Okay, outskirts of town. But I was at a junction, Sean. When the guards were driving up the street while I was at the junction stopped with the phone against my ear. Had you been driving with the phone against your ear before the junction? They didn't see that. <laughs> okay, go on. So they stopped in the middle of the road. I turned right and they followed lights on, blah, blah, blah. Well, do you know why I'm stopping you? No. That was the first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> right? Was, I sh- Basically, I... You should have said speed and even I were stopped. I got... <laughs> I got uh, what should have been a caution 
and told to cop yourself on and put your phone down was a penalty point. I Because I was the idiot that said, no, I don't know why you're stopping me. He perceived that from me trying to be cheeky and wind him up when really I was just terrified. And that's it. So... You went. You basically went for. You went full John Jones. I went full John Jones, and I wanted to say, like, I'd like to think that the online community will have the same sort of outreach that John Jones got for his incident. You know, being like yeah. the police was obviously biased, intimidated by talking to someone like starstruck, if you will, Sean. Oh, so I, uh, <laughs> so that 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 pretty much happened, and my dad told me this morning that I should go up today when the guard's back on duty apologize like because it's going to put my insurance up it's going to be a hassle i may have to go to court like because there is a chance as well like i shouldn't go to court because you'll only get an extra two points if you lose in court and an extra 20 euro fine so it's nearly worth to go and try it for the judge maybe to throw it out of the guard not to show up but you won't throw it out you are you are guilty like well look there's (laughs) <laughs> you just admitted on a podcast that you were guilty Right, so I'm going to have to do a bit of editing <laughs> Joel, all this reminds me of the What? John Harker's brilliant, severe in my podcast bingo that he wrote up Yeah, no, that, that's <laughs> all I could think of I was like, I'm going to have to talk about this story on the podcast <laughs> will, I read, will I read some of them out? Yeah, yeah let's, let's read them out Okay, first one Sean says, hashtag would watch Okay, I do that setup, But that's robbed from the Comment of In podcast just totally robbed. Andrew says, last question, podcast lasts another 25 minutes. Will probably happen today. We do that every week. Andrew gets a phone call. Might happen. PT's love affair with Neil Siri is mentioned. Just has been. Andrew's stories from DJ and work. Were you coming home from work when that happened? Uh, no. No? Okay. No. Uh, Andrew says, genuinely scandalous. I think you've said both of them already. I've said both, yeah. Sean giggles at Gee No Gee. Do I giggle at Gee No Gee? Well, your voice just raised there a little bit. I don't think I do that. I don't think I do. Maybe I do. Arsenal. Sean gives his opinions on uh, uh, and asks Andrew, what do you think? <laughs> that does tend to happen a bit. I go on for like half an hour and go, what do you think, Andrew? Uh, uh, you just said everything. Uh, my beautiful ghost. Yeah, you said that. The, the lads discuss food. Uh, let's keep on review. WWE. Yeah, we talk about WWE. Yes. My connection is lost. That actually happened before the podcast happened. Uh, that Eminem concert. Yeah. Sean mentions Wonder Boy. Andrew does epic seven. Epic seven. Why do you people LMA. even listen if we're this predictable? Yeah. Tune out. I, I really <laughs> no, don't. That we do all of these as well. We, Europe's number one podcast. Yeah, we need yeah. to say that more. We don't say we that do, enough. We do because we are. Yeah, we really are. Sean sings. I sing a lot, don't I? You I like do. Singing. In fairness, you're a good singer, though. Yeah. So that was um, basically what's going to happen from from all of this, Sean is. I have uh, I've admitted that I'm completely in the wrong. I'm going to go up. I have to produce my insurance because I didn't have the correct disc in the car. Um, oh, for fuck's sake, that as well. Yeah, but I am insured. You see what happened? Like oh, yeah, I had because my yeah my insurance covers me to drive other cars. So stupidly enough, when I had to drive another car, I took the disc out of the window instead of taking the piece of paper at home to say that I'm insured. So I took the disc and that's registered in another car and then I lost the disc so I need to get a new one for my insurance company. So either way, your man could have got me in trouble for that as well but he, he was fairly sound. He let me off at that. So This is typical McGahan, this is. It is. So that's two, that's two penalty, that's three penalty points. I'll take them. I'll be squeaky clean for the rest of the, for the two years and hopefully they'll go without me getting any more penalty points on it and I'll just have to uh, sell my body for a little bit more cash in order to pay my next car insurance. 
What's the prostitution scene like in Dundalk? Pretty good, actually, for a, an upstart MMA interviewer. You'd be the, surprised. The male prostitution uh, <laughs> scene in Dundalk. It works, you know, bits and yeah. dribs and drabs. Um, mm-hmm. But I do have to give a wee shout-out to someone from Dundalk before we start a bit of UFC what? discussion. So you know the way, Sean, you're always a big fan of mine and you say how I inspire the future generations. Yeah. Like, you've constantly uh, talked about that topic, yeah? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, friend of the podcast, Jim Shevlin, who is also the man behind the three mobile customer care team account from a couple oh, yes. of months ago. Um, he listens to the podcast every week while driving to Carrick with his son, James, and they listen to the podcast on the way there and the way back. Hey, for, James. For swimming lessons. So James is a big fan of the podcast. Hello to James as well. Did I call him JJ because he's Jim Jr.? Um, you can call him JJ if you like. Hey, JJ. I'm going to call him JJ from now on. He... Um, He's a big fan of the podcast, he's a fan of MMA, but he loves Minecraft, okay? He loves Minecraft yeah. and he loves watching videos on Minecraft on YouTube. And he's only, uh, he's pretty young, I think he's maybe eight or nine. But My he, niece is unreal at Minecraft. Is she? I bet you James yeah. would be better than her. Bet you she, bet you he wouldn't. Well, either way, James loves watching YouTube tutorials and YouTube vloggers of Minecraft. So he asked, uh, he asked his dad, Jim... If maybe one day I'd be able to help him set up a YouTube channel to talk about Minecraft the same way I talk about MMA. Oh, yeah? So, obviously, well, he's still young, so we can't do it at the moment, but... Why not? um, Just working it out. My niece has a YouTube page. Does she? Yeah. Oh, well, then maybe, James, we're going to have to get on this next time I'm out in the house. Definitely. So, that that was a very, very nice moment. I'm not going to lie, Sean. And uh, he's a big fan of you, too. You two, the band? Um, as or well me, me. as you also. <laughs> big fan of Bono, would you believe? Big fan of Bono. Yeah, big fan of Bono. Big fan of Bono and also a big fan of Sean Sheehan. So there we go. That's the, that's the nice story of the week. A new introduction to the Severe MMA podcast. The unnice story of the week, or the bad story of the week was, Sean, you know when you see your childhood idols that you grew up watching and really liking and then you see maybe as you get older, maybe they have a bit of a fall from grace and bad things start happening to them? Yeah, well, I'm for Roy Keane for me. Roy, you're Roy Keane. Well, for a lot of people, it would have happened them this weekend because I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Damon Wayans from My Wife and Kids, he fought Glover Texera at the weekend in the main event of UFC. And unfortunately, it didn't go his way at all. Yeah. Dum, poor, dum, poor old. Poor Sorry. <laughs> that's that's my, my number one MMA lookalike. Do you know what I mean? The one thing that I will always do is someone looks like someone. And I just think yeah. he looks exactly like Rashad Evans could. He go at, at Halloween parties. He goes as the dad from my wife and kids. Without a doubt. My, my friend Moz looks like Rich Franklin. Head off him. Who Head else looks like Rich Franklin? Your uh, man out of the shield. Um, We've had this discussion before. No, no, it's Jim Carrey. No, That's what Shane Vendrell. Who's he? Google him. Just Google him there, Shane Vendrell. He's from. It's like it is Rich Franklin. I'm convinced that Rich Franklin worked as Shane. Vendrell. He looks nothing like him. What? what? Talking about? He's the image of him, Sean. He looks nothing like him. And look, you're thinking of something have, else, have right? you Googled that? See the way yeah. it says people also search for. Go into David Aceveda. That's Leodo Machida. This fucker looks nothing like that dude anyway. Look at David Aceveda. David Aceveda. Are you fucking high or something? There's no, I'm not. You're you're what the fuck? That's Leota Machida. And Julian Lowe, the policeman, is Phil Davis. Phil Davis is all is also Omar from The Wire. This is just getting racist now. How? Look, oh, look, you see your man there as I click into him. There's a fella called John Kavanaugh. 
it's your man, that dude, what's his name? Um, Morpheus from that show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's John, John Cavanaugh. Horace Whitaker, yeah. John Cavanaugh, not John Cavanaugh. Spelled differently as well. But yeah. anyway. Anyway, yeah, so that, I was, that got off that I picture. was dead right there with those lookalikes. No. Either way, Rashad Evans, the thing that we're starting to see, maybe or thought we were <clears> going to start to see this year about the older generation of fighters suddenly losing their spark or suddenly not being there anymore. Am I being too harsh on Rashad here? Do you think it was a case of that? Was he like because he was? I don't want to say he was competitively in the fight up to that point, but he was he wasn't being completely outclassed. Hit with a shot. Down she goes. I think he was out with the first shot of ground and pound, or he may have even been out before he hit the ground. Um, your take on it up to that point, up until the knockout. To be honest, I, I mentioned this on Twitter the other day. It kind of reminded me of. Do you remember when Rashad fought Chael, and Chael kind of looked afraid of him, or just like looked like he was, you know, totally, you know, outclassed, better athlete, better fighter, everything. Rashad looked that way against Glover at the weekend. I thought, like he looked like he, he looked like he was never going to get off a punch that was going to hurt Glover. He looked like he had no confidence in you know in his striking or in his wrestling or anything. Glover kind of just pushed him back, and it, it was a bit sad to see. I think now that we speak about Rich Franklin, Rich Franklin is always the guy who I look at. That remember that fight against Chuck Lill. and it was even Rich Franklin was past his prime at this stage but I don't know why but it always sticks out to me that like he looked really athletic and kind of young and stuff even though he wasn't really when he fought Chuck Liddell and you know he knocked him out and Chuck was getting old at that stage maybe like um, Rich was a little bit past his uh, past his best as well but not that much not as much as Chuck but he kind of just there was never a point in that fight where Chuck looked like he was going to win I think it was the same at the weekend I think Glover uh, look Glover has I think he's maybe one of the most underrated fighters in the UFC I think he's he's actually a very good fighter he did like he did he got obviously beaten very well by Jones in in that fight had a bad night against Phil Davis but other than that he's been really unflappable in the UFC he's been very very good Um, and he is one of those guys who can just you know, he can just be a monster against you. He can just be better than you everywhere. And I think Rashad Evans just... Rashad Evans used to be one of those guys, and now he's not anymore. Like, he used to be a predator, but now he's becoming the prey, to be honest. And it, it, as you said there, it's kind of... It's sad to see, he, you know, but, in his earlier days. Remember that, like, even that fight against Phil Davis, and that wasn't that long ago. Like, he absolutely marked Phil Davis. Like, he was just so much better than him. Do you, uh, and, do you um, not think, though, that Rashad showed all of those things that you're talking about in the fight up until that point? He still oh, no, I, no I, st- I still think there was I don't want to <coughs> say glimpses of of the older Shad because the one thing that I always associate with him is his shoulders the way that he moves around the cage you know once you start seeing a guy maybe lose that um, he just always seems to have some sort of enjoyment and passion for being in the cage that he looks so happy that he's just caught up in the flow that the shoulders are doing their own little thing and that he's able to hit and move and stick and move and even when he was pushed up against the cage by Glover he was still landing nice quick combinations and then instigating a grappling exchange which ended up Glover uh, turning him around putting putting him up against the cage and that led to the sequence that finished it but I am. I would say you could put Rashad Evans in against guys at two hundred five, and he'd still beat them. He could become a gatekeeper for the division, and he would still beat a large part, I think, of the two hundred five heavyweight, uh, the two hundred five light heavyweight division. 
The problem with that is, though, you put him up against someone who would be able to connect at least once, like Glover did with such force, and then you've got a bad night for Rashad Evans, and then you're getting a guy who's taken unnecessary KOs towards the end of his career. So it's like, it could go all well and good if he fought someone who wasn't able to hit as hard or connect as sweetly as Glover did at the weekend, but why fight and run the risk if you know that that is going to happen if you get... If you get if you get hit hard, for yeah. me, I think now that's the time. Maybe one more fight and then call it a day. Uh, like to be honest, I I thought the opposite of what you were thinking there. I didn't think he looked good at all. I thought he looked very nervous. Didn't look himself, and like that was after coming back from a better fight in October. So you know, it wasn't his comeback fight. He came back to fight better after two years out, and obviously got got beaten by better as well. But. He looked bad in that fight, but he kind of survived. And I don't think he looked like he was going to get finished at any stage in that fight, really. Although I don't remember that well, but I remember he just, you know, it was just kind of a better kind of domination. Is it a chin issue, Sean? Do you know the way people say you can lose your chin and it can come back? Did he lose it against Machida and then it came back? Did he? Has he lost it now again? Has he just? Was it just a lucky shot? No, I don't think it was a lucky shot. I think Glover has a lot of power, and I think. Rashad is just getting on, like what, what they, you know, just he's a long time. On. He's a long time as a pro now. Twelve years as a pro. What well, he's 30, 36 years of age. He's like he's just, you know, he's shoving on. He's, you know, he's fought a lot of good. Look at his last few fights, like uh, Rampage, Tito, Phil Davis, John Jones, Nogueira, Dan Henderson, Chelsea, and Ryan Bader, Teixeira. Like and even before that, you'd Machida, Forrest Griffin, and more. Like he's had, he's never had any easy fights, and you know they kind of they all add up. Um, and you remember a couple of years ago as well. I think it was maybe after the John Jones fight, he was talking about retirement. And you know when guys start talking about retirement, you know they maybe they've one foot out the door. And that was three, three or four years ago. Like, and so where where is he at now? You know, I think as you said, I think he has a little bit of fight left in him. I wouldn't say. In, we know, I'd li- yeah, I'd like to see some him retire now. To be honest, just so as you said, he doesn't take any of those those chaos and stuff. But if he fights again, and he fight, if, you know, if he fights someone good, I could see him getting finished in a similar way if, against someone with you know with a good bit of power. Say if he fought OSP now, say if OSP loses to um, to Jones, I can see I could see OSP knocking him out in a similar fashion to to what Clover did. Without wanting to uh, cause a debate for another day, and I don't think we're ever going to see mixed martial arts change in the way that I hope it is, but do you think it's fair to say that the co-main event should have been the thing that was topping the bill over a fight that ended in that way? I know you can't really, you can say it now all well and good, but do you ever think that we're going to get to the stage where maybe (coughs) a fight with bigger implications, the potential of being better over five rounds even if it is a lighter, less prominent division, will ever get priority over oh, the light heavyweight, the heavyweight, the big fight divisions? Yeah, I think it's been happening a little bit recently. I think I think that's kind of a change in the world. And even for that Namunas versus Doris fight to be in the common event, I think it's that, a big thing. Yeah, big yeah, no, that's, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Because you they know, were ahead of uh, like Khabib and Cub Swanson. Yeah, a couple of years ago, that probably wouldn't have happened, as you say. And I think, I think it's good that it's moving on. But that fight was absolutely... I thought that was an absolutely fantastic fight, even though maybe it wasn't as action packed maybe as people thought. But I think it's, you know, we, we spoke about women's MMA when it kind of when the strawweight division first came in, that you know, and looking at the bantamweight division as well, that maybe technique hasn't hadn't moved on as uh, as quickly, you know, or as much as the men's division, and it obviously hadn't, and it still hasn't. But 
that fight, it just, it was one of the most technical women's fights I've ever seen. And it's, you know, it's a great thing to look for the future. There's going to be improvements all the time. I spoke about Chuck Little. I actually watched Chuck Little fight last night. And the improvements that have happened in men's MMA since, I think I watched him against Babalu. Like, he was the man, like a light everywhere back then. And now look at John Jones. I mean, look how different those two fighters are. Like, women's MMA is going to take a similar uh, uptake in, in um in talent and in in uh, technique, <clears throat> and I think Rosanna Yunus, along with um, Yoni and Yechek, are the two that are really pushing that at the moment. I think Rose looks absolutely fantastic at the moment, and Tisha Torres is no mugly. That was the first loss of Tisha Torres' career. Arguably, could have won the decision. I thought it was a very, very close fight. Uh, I, thought, I, I really, I really enjoyed that fight. I must say, it was a v- um, uh, loss overturned as well for Nama Yunus. He was, yeah. Yeah. I um I completely agree when you're saying about how technically good it was. The decision, I thought, yeah, fair enough, Rose <coughs> has this fight. I can understand why people um maybe give it the other way, but throughout, just if we're talking about one thing that swung it for me, it seemed like every time, like, um, and maybe influenced by the commentary a little bit, talking about her kicks and her leg kicks and all the kicks that Torres was or wasn't going to throw, it seemed like Nama Yunus hit either a counter off it straight away, straight to the face that hurt, or in the seconds after it was able to land a good combination herself. Either it was a teep to the body or strikes to the head. And I thought that she was just all around, I think she deserved the decision. She's someone who's really turned her game 360. Like she used to be someone who was basically a submission artist. And, you know, she'd go for flying triangles and flying arm bars and things like that. But now she's kind of turned into a point fighter. Obviously, you an know, exciting version of a point an fighter. An exciting point fighter. She's looking for the knockout. And she's looking for takedowns and, and submissions all the time. But she's. In, you saw her. Her coach, um, whose name is it? Mark Lehman. I, I almost forget his name. Uh, but he, he's a veteran coach, very good coach. Um, and he was he was talking to her about it, like be, you know, be in the moment, kind of be, you know, be loose. Uh, fight, you know, fight your fight. And she did that very well, I thought. Her jab was absolutely fantastic. Throwing beautiful combinations, as you said there. Trevor Whitman the is who you're Trevor, looking for. Trevor Whitman, yeah. Sorry, Trevor Whitman. Um, and I think he's he's one of the best coaches around. A great corner man as well. Um, like, Torres actually did Someone better than I thought you was going to I think it was his corner. It was after something in the second round. I think it's like, I love it when you're when you're this free. Or something yeah, like that. Something. Uh, just some sort of instruction that was encouraging that she was doing what it ha- what he had given the instructions in between the rounds and that she was finally, it was working for her, you know, because you saw her growing confidence, I think, throughout the fight. It was like, even throughout her last couple of fights, we've spoken in this podcast, big fans of Rose Namahunas. In terms of what could be next for her, people maybe are talking that fight could have had title implications further down the line. What do you take of the standard of that vision, the state of that division? Do you think maybe she's the type of girl that's like, I've just got scratched off one that I was annoyed about. Yeah. Is the first thing for her to do now to fight Esparza, to try to get that so, back? Yeah. Perfect yeah, tune-up that. fight maybe for a potential title fight. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call it a tune-up fight. No, look, Carla Esparza is still well, pretty good. Not a good, tune-up, but the next fight yeah. before a title fight. I think she needs another fight like that. I think she could do with a couple of fights. And, you know, especially that... Yoni and Jacek against Claudia Gadelia fight isn't happening for another three months because of tough and you know it's on UFC 200 weeks so she could easily get a fight maybe that night 
against Carla Sparrow's fighting next week, so if she wins, or she could be uh, on the Friday night or the Saturday or the Thursday night. Thursday night, yeah, exactly. I could like I could see her being a co-main event, or maybe to open up the card on on the the Gedalia uh, card. So yeah, definitely. Um, we'll see how Sparrow looks. Obviously, when she comes back, but Rose Munis is a, you know she needs fights. She's we, we're going to talk about it later on, but um um. Henry Henry Cejudo is another kind of guy. Maybe it's getting a little uh, the shot a little bit too early. Maybe uh, with this this tough thing maybe is a you know it's a, a blessing in disguise really where she can get in another fight, uh, get more experience, get a get a win under her belt and, and then go into the title fight. Even if she lost that fight again against the Sparza, I think that'll probably be another close fight. You know, there's no harm in that. As well. She keeps her improvements going. She's eventually going to get in into a, a title fight. And I think, to be honest, I think she has the prospect of being the one who challenges Ian Jacek more than anyone else that I, I can see. I don't like at when the you take a point of mine before I get to say it. Mm. I completely agree, yeah. and I, I'm I'm basing that off not how she looked in this fight because I think if this version of her fought Joanna next week, for example, I think Joanna would win. But I'm going from if you look at her fights on tough where she was submitting people um, to now where she maybe went in fights that the old her would have lost, maybe wilted or bottled, different things like that. And you're seeing how much she's progressed and improved in that relatively short space of time. To be honest, she's only been a pro since 2000 for the last three years. And yeah. um, this is where we're going to see the improvements in her. And you're thinking, yeah, OK, well, she's gone from this from uh, Invicta to this in the space of three years. What's to say that she isn't ready to fight and beat Joanna in the next 12 to 18 months? Yeah, well, yeah, she'll definitely be up there anyway. She'll definitely get a shot, whether whether she'll beat her this time, because that division is so small that, like, you could lose to Joanna, she could lose to Joanna within the next year, get a title shot within the next 18 months after that, and then that could be the time that she's ready to win. Yeah, like, she got absolutely destroyed by Carla Sparza the first time they fought, and now she's arguably ahead of her, you know, in the rankings. So, as you say, yeah, these things can turn very quickly. But um, also on that card as well, Habib Nurmagomedov returned against Darren Archer. Darren Archer wasn't the one in twenty two and one. Unfortunately, he was the he was another one of the the O's in twenty three and all. So Habib moves on. Habib. I thought you he mean he was a, one of the twenty threes in the twenty three and oh. 23, yeah, I, yeah, I suppose, yeah. But um Habib, you know, this is a good fight for Habib to get under his belt. It's great to see him back. <coughs> Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm a big fan of Habib. Um look beautiful a bit slow throw. to start. Beautiful throw. Beautiful That's throw. all I'll say. Looked, looked a little bit slow to start, but once he got uh once he got Archer down and, and, and you know, got on top of him. It looked like the old Habib coming back. You know, he looked better as the fight went on. With every, you know, with every thirty seconds, he looked like he was getting back into the groove. And you know, we've spoken about tune-up fights before, and I think for a guy like Habib who's coming off what, over two years of a layoff, he needed something like this. And you know, maybe as, as I said, it was a blessing in disguise earlier about Namunas. I think this was a blessing in disguise as well that maybe uh, Ferguson pulled out of this fight. Maybe they can get that fight again. You know, matched again before Ramadan, or even if not, I think Khabib. I think he's the champion in waiting. I said it at the weekend, he's the best lightweight in the world, and if he can stay healthy, and you know, if this you know got the the rust off him, 
I don't think there's anyone in that division that comes close to him, to be honest. Do you think it's a, it's maybe a, a case of... The one thing that I took from it, and this is like out of everything in the whole fight, all I could think of was how heavy that man must be. Yeah. He don't had be- some sort of modified crucifix before he set up the finish in the, yeah. in the second round. And Horcher's face was contorted. Like it was just being made look the other direction. And it was an absolutely hard... Like, Khabib was dropping elbows from the crucifix. But there were really, really weird elbows. Like, because Horcher was trying to scramble up so much and to get away from it. But the pressure that Khabib must have put on him in that moment could, it was probably <coughs> soul-destroying. Like, I yeah. just... I couldn't imagine that sort of position. And to be honest, watching it made me think, right, maybe the Tony Ferguson fight wouldn't as look as active as I thought it would have on the ground. But I would like that's a that's a battle that I really want to see. I really want to see someone who's able to who's able to scramble, who's able to use good technical jujitsu against wrestlers like that to make it an exciting fight so they don't get held down. It's still a fight that I really want to see. Uh, Tony Ferguson said maybe the end of May, uh, if Khabib can still fight then. Obviously the summer is ruled out because of Ramadan. Um but I don't think some people are saying like he should get the title shot now straight away. Some people are saying and Tony Ferguson doesn't deserve the fight against Khabib because he pulled out of this one. It's like I definitely disagree with that. I think it's still a fair enough uh, like a win against Khabib hasn't thro- uh, that win for Khabib hasn't thrown him massively up the rankings. It's like oh he just beat Daryl Horcher. Like yeah, great win. Let's give him the champion next. Like I I kind of agree with you when you say he's the champion in waiting. I do think he has the potential to take the belt. Maybe not as convincingly depending on who the champion is. At the time, I think Tony Ferguson has a very good chance of beating him, to be honest. You don't? I don't think, I don't no. think so, to okay. be honest. No. I, fanboy. I was watching Fanboy. <laughs> like, first, like, you're, I'm going to say, Sean, it's an embarrassment, you know? You're, you're disgracing yourself by being mm. such a biased fan of a fighter. First of all, like Conor McGregor, and second of all, like uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Don't get me mad now. Uh, I was watching... <laughs> It was funny actually, myself and Graham have this ongoing joke about Damien Mayer and Rory McDonald, they fought and I could never remember that fight. So I actually went to watch it last night and, you know, Damien Mayer, do you know how good he like he is when he gets on top, when he gets into the mount? Like, there are certain guys like him and Habib and they're like to they have a laid upper body when they get on top of you and they just like put chest to chest and there's, you can't get them away. But, like, Habib is even better than Demi Mayer. Like, Rory McDonald got him off a couple of times. Nobody gets Habib off, like, when he get, when he gets on him. I know, okay, Darren Harter, this fight maybe is different. He's, you know, he's obviously not top caliber. But other guys, he's done it the same too as well. Like, he's just he's just so good. And there are certain guys who, some guys, you know, they get in that position and they kind of hold him down. They do well to hold him down. But they can't get off, you know, much damage. They find it hard to get you know, to posture up for a second, get an elbow off, then get back into positions or again, you know, keep up with punches and stuff. But Habib is Habib can do all of that. He can get in those elbows, he can get in punches, he can keep active. You know, someone someone made a great point and I'm not sure exactly what it is that to beat Habib, you have to make him not get close to you, to not get a hold of you in every round. Because if he gets a hold of you once and takes you down that's the round over. You're finished. Like you're not getting up when Habib holds you down, because uh, as I say, that output that he can produce on the ground, as well as the unbelievable takedowns and the, the chain wrestling, is just something that you can't get away from. And he's just gonna hold everyone down and keep them down. He's just relentless. And as a, you know, as I say, if he can keep fit, 
he's he's going to beat anyone in that division. But I I agree that about the Tony Ferguson fight. That I think that's probably the best fight in that division. I think Tony Ferguson is very dangerous off his back. You know, he's some of the best sweeps. If anyone's going to sweep Habib, it'll be Tony Ferguson. Um, you know, in those scrambles, Ferguson is, is an insane man in those scrambles. So, you know, if he can catch onto a leg or something, maybe I, I'd give him a chance. But, yeah, that's one of those fights. You know, it's kind of like the um, the John Jones-Rumble Johnson fight. That's the kind of, okay, maybe they're not the two best guys in the division, although one of them is in, in each case. But <laughs> it's probably it's probably the best fight to make in the, in the division, regardless of titles or whatever. I know you aren't too happy with the state of that 155-pound title. I think we're going to get onto that pretty soon. Anything else stand out to you in particular on this card? I know Michael Chiesa, we both think, had a brilliant performance. Yeah. That, like, that was a fight um, like against two guys that you're thinking, like, okay, Benil Dariush uh, is the type of guy that I would have thought maybe will get further in a division than um, Chiesa. 100% agree. But... Yeah. It just goes to show that until they fight, you can't really rule anything. Like, if you were to say uh, two years ago, potential-wise, who are we going to see up further in the division? You're going to say Darius every single time. But Kies's performance the other night was something else. That's, like, the equivalent of, uh, well, it is, It's I was going to say the equivalent of, but it actually is a purple belt submitting a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Like, Darius jiu-jitsu is no joke. He's a black belt uh, under Homolo Boral, who's one of probably the best... Uh, black belts in the world at the moment in terms of the stuff that he's done produced competitively like right up to black belt level so like that's a bit of a slap in the face like to be that's a that's a Mark uh, a Matt Hughes choking out Hugo Almeida or no Ricardo Almeida Hugo Almeida is the footballer uh, with a front choke that's the sort of slap in the face that was at the weekend (coughs) yeah um, I said at the weekend I think Michael Chiesa when he realises he's not the best fighter in the world is unbelievably good like when Chiesa tries to go out and do these you know tries to do pretty combinations get his jab going try to get his leg kicks trying to get these nice takedowns I don't think he's as good I think when he puts his head down and goes fuck this I'm going straight at him hey you know I'm going to make this a brawl I'm going to take this fucker down I'm going to choke him out I think that's when my guess I get is really good. We saw kind of a, in the first round he was a little bit like that, and that was playing into the into Darius's hands. I think Darius was winning that fight. Um, you know, Darius looked better than ever to me as well. I thought his combinations and and uh, everything from range looked absolutely brilliant when he got inside. You know, he was landing, and Kiesa had a little bit of trouble with him, but yeah, as you say, Kiesa is absolutely tough as as nails, and you know, he's a, I think he's a great mindset for fighting as well. And, he could be one of those guys like Dos Anjos who surprises you, maybe gets towards the title shot. But uh, yeah, like a, he, you know, his his record is pretty good. He's taken out some good guys, like he's taken out Mitch Clark, Jim Miller, Benil Darius now as well. So I think uh, I have a staff there, Sean. Go on. MJC flipped the script. Michael Carroll, the mm. stat man. I'm a stat man. Kenny Florian, Michael Chiesa, Damian Maya, and BJ Penn. What are they on the list for? Submissions, rear naked chokes. Most rear naked choke submissions in UFC history. Who's first? Damian Maya. Kenny Florian with seven. Ooh. Guess who's second? Kiesa. Michael Kiesa with five. Jeez, that's good. Isn't and it? he's ahead of Damian Maya, who also has five. Well, tied with Damian Maya, and uh, BJ Penn who has four. That's the thing that I could see him 
definitely overtaking that ranking as time goes on. It's I thought uh, Darius was actually going to tap to the first one, the one that was on the jaw, that you could yeah. visibly see he was in such pain and he was able to get out. But as soon as he pushed it out, it was like, no, let's go again. Same I again. Actually, yeah, thinking about it, was it? I can't think of it 100%, but you, probably, you, I think you saw it this morning. Was it a rear naked choke or was it a neck crank? Um, what are you finishing with? I'm not, I can't remember. I think yeah, it's I a rear naked choke because... At first, it was going across the face, and then he clasped both he hands together, it, yeah. and then uh, Darius pushed it over the head, but his other hand was able to slide in, and then I think he got both hands the same way as yeah. before. So I think it was a crank at the start. He escaped that, and then it slid, slid under for a rear naked choke finish, but open to correction on that. Yeah. yeah outside of that, um, Bob Swanson looked good. Raquel Pennington looked good. Uh, John Dodson the Betch effect yeah. John Dodson as well yeah. fantastic uh, appearance at 135 for him I, I don't know what like Manny Gamburian did to annoy the UFC but <laughs> now we know that was a pretty uh, yeah. definitely a stoppage that I would have liked to have seen earlier um, what, uh, am I fair in saying that? Uh, Maybe yeah, I'm... but John Dodson was so quick that... yeah it wasn't <laughs> actually the referee's fault yeah, it was tough it was tough but I suppose moving forward in looking after this card, there's a lot of uh, lightweight title fight, a lot of lightweight sorry fights on this card, and the lightweight title fight was announced during the week, which is uh, Rafael dos Anjos versus uh, Eddie Alvarez. Th- thoughts? Question mark. Now, I am not Team Sheehan on this one. No. Okay, just to set you up for this, not to set like not as I said, not to set you up and hurt your feelings here, but I am actually a big fan of this match. Really? Yeah, and I think I I see I saw the points you were making the other day, and that's fair enough. But it's not up to the UFC to keep a champion on the sides who's recovered from an injury for a longer period of time until someone better is ready. In my opinion, if they're really looking to stack the three fight cards at International Fight Week and make UFC 200 a big thing, then they need to put Dos Anjos on one of those three cards, as long as he's fit and healthy. Okay, maybe other alternatives weren't available and other better options are already matched or maybe may not be be ready at that time. But if you want him on the one of three and you can't get the best possible one, why not put him on one instead of three and give him whoever's there? So that's my... Like, okay, the UFC should be allowed to do that, fair enough. But it's not being disrespectful to Eddie Alvarez because I do think said it before the last time maybe one more fight after one against Anthony Pettis is what he'd need but I don't think that's I think since he's coming to the UFC uh, dropping a decision to Cerrone at McGregor's 178 coming back in then fairly quick after that um, no it wasn't he had a big layoff didn't he sorry fought Gilbert Melendez then and split decision win some people thought Melendez should have won the fight and then a split decision win over Pettis which I think was a clearer clearer win than the Melendez one at the time but I have no issue with it I think it's a fine matchup maybe he hasn't excited you see he's been just thrown in I think at the deep end and I know we've spoke about this before that UFC signing someone a former champion it's like Dana throughout the years has historically said okay how would it like Fedor wouldn't do shit against our heavyweights or different things like that I think when they sign someone like that, they have to give them the, the rite of passage, you know, the hard fights to show that they're either UFC caliber or that the UFC was right all along and they don't deserve to be up at the top of the division. I think Alvarez has come in and showed with good competency, probably even firing only at 60%, in my opinion, of what he was doing before he was in uh, 
when he was outside in other promotions. Like, you know, being able to finish guys in Bellator, being able to finish guys in Dream. Like, fair enough, the, sta- <coughs> the standard isn't as good as maybe what you get at the lower levels of the UFC. But I think if you put him against, for example, beating someone like uh, Roger Wertha, Shinya Yoki, and uh, Michael Chandler, if you put him against the comparative levels of people in the UFC, then he's going to finish those guys as well. Do you know, and fair, like if he had to put that win together against those guys who could very well be UFC caliber fighters as well themselves, I know those three guys I just mentioned are, then why doesn't he deserve this title shot? Just because the wins happened outside of the promotion, like there's no denying that he didn't beat some of the best 155ers in the world. So I know you're, I know you're the opposite side of this. You don't think he should be anywhere near that belt. See, it's easy to go look at the revisionist history and look at their records which okay you kind of have to do in this situation but I'm just I'm not sure why he's getting this title shot like Tony Ferguson will be back in time he but said you can't take Tony F- well to be honest I, just my last point on that if Tony Ferguson fought Khabib in May and made that as a title eliminator fair enough I like can understand is- that but you can't rely on, a, on Tony Ferguson fighting in May beating Khabib and then being healthy to oh. fight again in July but haven't just haven't fight in July. Khabib doesn't want to fight. Khabib wants to stay out until November. But you can't pull out of it. You can't pull out of the. You can't like Alvarez by what he's done, and I'm the biggest Tony Ferguson fan in this podcast, Sean. Alvarez from who he's beaten is more deserving than Tony Ferguson. Uh, I don't know. I like Tony Ferguson. Okay, maybe the two names he's beaten in these last two are bigger than Tony Ferguson, but. I think Tony Ferguson seven wins in a row deserve it more to be honest like uh, and this is not I'm not anti Eddie Alvarez I'm like I'm happy he's getting titles I'm happy he's going to get paid he deserves it after you know me though I am a big fucking I am a big Tony Ferguson fan yeah but after being like stuck in the courts and all for over a year or whatever it was I'm I'm happy for him that he's getting paid and everything and it's not against him it's just it's just an odd one to me like even if you're you know okay you're arguing fair enough that they need to get the champion a fight but I think you know I think there's a couple of better options like fair enough you know I think that Habib fight would have been huge if they'd held off another couple of months or whatever um Ferguson's obviously ahead of him in, in my estimation like okay I, I said I don't like playing residualist history like he's 2-1 in the UFC like in my opinion Pettis beat him in his last fight Get in an absolute stinker. That Gilbert Gilbert Mendez fight was a stinker as well. The Cerrone fight was good, not a bad fight, but he lost as well. Like he's three fights in the UFC, he actually he hasn't set the world alight. And I know, as you said, he, he he's like we've spoken about it before. I think he's a little bit past his prime. His best work was done in Bellator, and okay, and like maybe it's a little bit like Bisping that you know. He, maybe he deserves this for, deserved for his it sooner. whole career and stuff. Yeah, maybe he deserved it sooner, and he it's good he's getting it, but. I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I just rather see other fights. Maybe this is. I don't think. I, it's just odd matchmaking to me. Like if, even if, say, if he had maybe beat Cerrone and he, he was on a three five win streak start the UFC, his UFC career. Fair enough. Like uh, you know, I could see it then, even if the fights weren't that good or if they were close enough. But um, I don't know. I just think on like on what he's done. On how he's looked, on who he is, I just don't know why he's getting it. Like I don't like he's not a big draw. The record really isn't, you know, isn't better than you know Tony Ferguson or Habib or whatever who might be in front of him. I'm just not sure why he's getting it. You know, it's a, I think it's a case that you did on the head. They just need to get a fight for for RDA, and you know, I, I don't think uh, Alvarez is much of a chance either in this fight. To be honest, I think RDA beats him uh, at a canter. Bad news for RDA though. Well, 
Well, going from potentially the like, first of all, this yeah. is a great fight for Fight Pass. If we can just call it as that, for Fight Pass to have a fight like that, the start of International Fight Week, this is good for the platform, but not very good for Desanos. Mm-hmm. He's going from the possibility of Red Panty Night, the biggest pay per view draw that he's ever going to get or ever would have gotten up to that point. And now it's a, maybe a title fight that people aren't really overly excited for, thinking like, oh, it could be someone else, it should be someone else, this is going to be a bad fight. Maybe counting it out before it even happens. I remember last time, like, last time Eddie Alvarez fought, we kind of brushed aside the thought of him getting the title shot because of, you know, He'd need one more, and, yeah. You know, it's just the way he fought and the way maybe he looks, not the way he looks, but the way he looks, you know, in the in the cage. It's just, I don't know, it's a, to me, it's a very odd, odd fight to make, you know, as you said, one more, if you'd one more big win, if, if Tony Ferguson wasn't, had seven wins in a looked unbelievable, you know, recently. I watched that Edson Barbosa fight again last night. Like, Edson Barbosa is no mug. I think he's an underrated fighter as well. Yeah, I thought that was an, an unbelievable win, but, yeah, look, it's happening now. What can we do about it? It's, I think it's... Nothing. It's going to get absolutely... Nothing. Buried. It's going to get buried in, in with the other fights. Remember, like Frank Edgar and Chad Mendes, the last international fight week, kind of got buried in, in the midst of all the rest. So I think it's going to happen to that one. But uh, that yeah. wasn't international. Oh, but there was still yeah, there was multiple cards. Or was it? Yeah, I think it was. Was it? Was, was it not it? December? Mendes and Edgar. No, it was the Aldo fight. It was all the way back in then. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, the Aldo fight. Yeah. yeah, it would have been December yeah, because yeah, Mendes yeah. fought McGregor. He wouldn't have fought, uh, wouldn't have got knocked out by oh, yeah. Edgar and then fought the... Or maybe I'm thinking of Edgar and Faber. I don't know. Yeah, one of the actually both of them did. They both kind of got uh, swept under the carpet. But yeah. Okay, Um, just before we get on to uh, a couple more things... We, obviously, we didn't speak much last week about um, <coughs> UFC Zagreb. Just two minutes on that. Junior DeSantis against Ben Rotwell. I, I was right again. You were wrong. What did you think of that? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I, I hate to admit it. Yeah, Junior DeSantis looked she good. She knows. Ben Rotwell looked terrible. It was just it was a bad style matchup for Ben Rotwell. Uh, I think Junior DeSantis, the way he fought, kind of lightened his feet and to, you know took the takedown away from Ben Rotwell took the, his power shots away from him and just made it a kind of a, a battle of technique it was a fight Dos uh, Santos was always going to win um, other than that there wasn't really too much on it Derek Lewis had a good win against Gonzaga I I think uh, they're making this Ryan Nelson fight I think Ryan Nelson is going to knock him out to be honest I don't think Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis is that good um, the biggest prospect on Give that him Mark Hunt on Mark Hunt's new deal one of the yes. highest paid New Zealand sports athletes Really? Apparently. I saw that on Twitter the other day. He's uh, signed a new contract with the UFC that is going to make him one of New Zealand's top earners in as, in that, in as, as top sport earners. Yeah. That's, that's fair play to him. He deserves it. The biggest prospect on that card for me, though, was my boy Francis Ingano. Absolutely marked Curtis Blades. Blades. Whatever your name is. TKO Sopage at the end of the second. This guy... He looked even better than he did in his first fight. Absolute athletic beast. You know, 29 years of age, the youth that the heavyweight division needs. I think he could really be a player. I, I'd be putting him up. Like, I'd be giving him Ryan Nelson. Give him a quick, you know, give him a quick uh, quick road to the top. Um, fast track this man. Is that what you're saying? Track, fast track this man to the top, yeah. Well, not fast track. Not that fast, but 
maybe in three or four fights have him a brisk you know, skip yeah fighting for for, for the, the title uh, okay other big big bit of news last week that we missed was James Gunner signing for Bellator dun, dun, dun. what were your initial thoughts on that and how, do you, um, how well do you think you'll do? I got a bit. I got a bit of stick. Did you see that? Did you over what? Yeah, I said. Someone asked me, "Is he ready for?" It? And I said, "He's ready for the lower and middle tier guys in Bellator at the moment, and he's one of the top prospects in in the thing." And people are like, "Oh, why are you not supporting him? Why are you not getting behind Irish guys?" Like, he's three fights into his career. That's a fucking unbelievable support. Like, I, you know, I think he he he's ready for a lot of the guys over in Bellator. You know. I, you know, he definitely has the potential to be a prospective champion in Bellator and the UFC or whatever, top five guy, or, you know, this definitely is one of the best prospects around. But at the moment, like he's three, you know, let's be realistic about it. Like he, and I don't I think Bellator and himself and everyone is probably realistic about it. You know, he's going to go in there and he's going to get a lot of fights before he's put into the, the title pitch writing. But yeah, anyway, what was your initial thoughts on it? Well, that's what I was going to say is like fair, Irish fans are brilliant. To support the fighters to the end of the world. But to say that James Gallagher in his first fight could fight Daniel Strauss and win, <coughs> yeah. I think is a bit of a, stra- a bridge too far. Um, and that's, as you say, not against us saying that he would never get there. But when you have a guy who's fought 31 times versus a guy who's fought three times a pro yeah. and beaten some very, very, very good 140, sorry, 145ers throughout his career... You know, it's insulting, first of all, to the champion. Yeah. And it's and it's insulting to James as well. To have that sort of expectation and pressure put on him by people who maybe are not as engrossed into the sport as other people and thinking, yeah, you're going to win no matter what. You're going to be the champion no matter what. You're going to win no matter what. And then... They're just that's what they're that's what they're destined to say, you know. That's what they have to say. And fair enough, the support's brilliant, and I'm sure it motivates them and gets them to the gym every single day. But you know, you can't be putting that sort of un unexpected, unwarranted pressure onto someone from a per, from a point of view like that. It just it can't happen. Like this is going to be perfect for both parties. Do you know what I mean? Perfect for all parties. Um, James is going to come in. He's fighting at a Conor McGregor's gym. It's SBG Ireland, they're a hot topic in the world of mixed martial arts now. So just to even have someone from that gym is probably going to benefit Bellator um, in terms of the exposure, Irish interest, different things like that. I wouldn't be surprised if after James's debut, um, Bellator come back to John and say, look, have you any other fighters that we could take on that are in a similar position and we'll bring them in and give them exposure, not give them exposure, but maybe they could help the Bellator brand. Very similar, like we saw today, Sean, Bellator press conference in London. A lot of UK fighters at the press conference. Do you know what's to say something like that couldn't happen in Ireland in 18 months' time if Bellator approached John or Andy Ryan and said, have you guys got someone that we can put in? Like, have you got any more guys we can put in? That would be interesting to see for me. When I say that it's going to work out for all parties, they're not going to just ignore um, James. They're going to give him fights. I think, for want of a better word, I don't want to say they'll protect him. I think that they will give him matches towards the lower end of the scale and build him up nice and slow as a good, legitimate Irish prospect that's potentially coming for the 145-pound belt. That's the build you do. You don't throw James in against top top 10 or top 15 guys in Bellator just yet. You know, you, Well, I don't even know how many featherweights are signed to Bellator, but for me, I would rather see a slow build of James here. You know, He's, he's, he's broken onto this big stage. There's more eyes on him. 
there's more of a target on him as well because he's making a bit of noise for himself since he's been signed to Bellator. For me, I would be using every fight as an opportunity to learn on the biggest stage, get back to the gym, start working again, and then making yourself into the more well-rounded fighter that you know you have the potential of becoming. Do you know he has it all at his feet here? Do you know living with John since he was 15? Do you know he's had a lot of great things um, given to him through hard work and people like looking out for him and thinking, this guy deserves our... our um, our support. This guy deserves us to promote him. Like he, he's in the gym every day in SPG. You know, he's, he lives with John. He's learning directly under him. Well, he has his own apartment now. But you see what I'm saying here? I, I just don't want to see him get here and then be rushed in and then maybe suffer a couple of losses and the momentum go. You're in a good position here. To, like same way with uh, same way with someone like Dylan Took, for example. Right? Uh, it's a point that Pizzi makes, and it's something that I think is bang on. Dylan Took is in an a brilliant position. I think Dylan's actually in a better position than James is in terms of where their pro careers are at the minute because Dylan's from Dublin. Dylan is a man who's just, I don't want to uh, say it badly about him, but from nothing and he's going to become something. Do you know, he has that effect. He has the same Conor McGregor charm and appeal that the casuals, that the dubs will take, to, that Ireland will take to, in terms of his humour, in terms of his nature, in terms of his, you know, Dylan is unique. Do you know what I mean? Dylan is an absolute character and I think that's going to be something that a couple of fights down the line people are going to pick up on Dylan's in, like I said he's in a position two more wins and he could come in event Bama do you know what I mean two more wins three more wins and Dylan's in a great position maybe even to get signed by the UFC so this is the it's definitely interesting both guys started their careers going different ways at the start but you know that come the end of it they're going to be at the top of their respective fields yeah the most sorry Sean I went I rambled on a little bit I was like you were talking about Khabib there and I, do you know what I learned, actually? I learned that I can mute my microphone so I can cough when you're speaking. Oh, deadly. excellent. Deadly. Uh, but uh, the most, um, the, the biggest thing I take out of this whole James Gallagher thing is how kind of the world is changing and how, you know, always the dream before was UFC, but now Bellator are offering these huge prospects like him, like Aaron Pico, you know, the, that wrestler from America, um, uh, Root, I, I can't give his first name, but he's a wrestler as well from America. They're offering these young prospects who are like who have the betting like those guys have with the wrestling and like um, um, James Gallagher has with uh, SPG. They're offering them huge money to sign uh, young to invest for the future because obviously they can't get the top guys now, so they want to get the top guys who they think are going to be the top guys in five years' time. So that's what Bellator are doing. You know, obviously. That's a big step for James Gallagher to make. A fair, like fair play to him for taking it. You know, our belts are going to be bigger than they are now in a few years. That remains to be seen. But you know, there's always free agency. You can always move on to the UFC again, or you know, you're not going to be stuck in belt or forever. Maybe if you, you know, if he turns into <laughs> the famous last words of Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez, yeah. But if he turns into the big star which he thinks he's going to be, or which a lot of people think he's going to be, you know, which he definitely could be. He definitely has, you know, the potential to become a huge star. Um, you know, he, he, the world is at his, at his fingertips at the moment. And, you know, I think it's great to see another young Irish guy going over there doing well. But Bellator need to get on television, like, here. They can't keep, um, you know, they can't keep being on tape delay in the UK. They have to get... They have to get on television live, whether it's just a free stream or whatever. They have to do it, and like if they want to build James Gallagher, and if they want to build, as you say, UK guys that were there, Michael Vinham Page, 
whoever else they have to get they have to get on live television here well hopefully by the time this podcast is out we're going to have answers to that question because mm, shout out to the to the two legends um, Sandu and Abby for MMA Junkie they were at the press conference today I saw there on, on Instagram when I was flicking through it before the show Sandu got interviews with uh, with Coker with Koscheck and with Daly and I'm, if the past is anything go by Scott Coker will say oh yeah we're going to get on television he'll promise it and then it's just all bullshit yeah well I'm just saying maybe we'll find out about Irish based fighters you know yeah. Sandu's a fan of uh, fan of the Irish scene fan of the Irish fighters you know he's gonna I'd say he'd ask something about that so yeah. hopefully fingers crossed he did Sandu don't let us down here come on um, but aside from that you know as you said more, impo- more, more, more important than anything Sean it's a brilliant opportunity for James and it's a brilliant opportunity maybe motivating wise for the other young Irish pro fighters that think this could be me do you know what I mean I could get to this stage like someone like Reese McKee who's fighting Tommy McCafferty soon enough like a win there for Reese would put him in an outstanding position probably the best start to a pro career that I've seen in Irish MMA for quite a while um, then you've got someone like Ryan Curtis who's 3-0 and at a SBG Charlestown at a Roddy's gym. Those guys are the ones that are next on the next cusp sort of breakthrough thing. So watch it. We'll see what happens. I suppose James will be the litmus test of whether it's a good idea or a bad idea for fighters and time is only going to tell. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. Um, Anything else before I pull up these questions? Just a couple of more things. Cage Warriors were back last what? week. What? Uh, yeah, did you see it? Yeah. See well, it? I saw the Pimblet fight, the one that we were going to see, wanted to yeah. see. Very good. It was, it was uh, I think Peter Queeley described it on, on Twitter as uh, all their best guys and the guys they like against journeymen. And I'd uh, maybe a little bit unfair, but it kind of turned out that way with big knockouts and stuff. It was a fun, exciting card. It's great to see Gage Warriors back. Like, with, And I think like, we kind of, we used to give Bama a lot of stick, but I think. <laughs> Wait, are they on Fight Pass, Sean? They're on Fight Pass yeah. now, yeah. Oh yeah, where did you hear that, that first? first? Where did you yeah, hear that before? But yeah, heard it in Sweden in 2014. Ba- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, like we we've given Bama plenty of stick here, but I think Bama have kind of overtaken Cage Warriors now. They're putting on some very good shows, like great show coming up here in in um, in Dublin soon. So um, you know, it's it's great if Cage Warriors get back to where they used to be and Bama are gone as well it's only good for the fighters it's only good for us it's only good for everyone do you know um, that Bama have invited me to their next event Sean in the UK have they Cordley Cordley invited me to, to do what like just and uh, not really I'm uh, <laughs> I'm going over to the British Open it's on the same weekend oh yes and Bama are doing a UK amateur thing as well and that's on the daytime so I'm competing on the Sunday and Bama's on the Saturday night so I have to go meet Jude Samuel to collect my check shirts. You know, yeah, your shirt, I saw that. He's yeah, he's shirt, two, of them, yeah. two of them ordered from me, allegedly, so nice. he'd definitely be producing the goods on that. Um, Graham Boylan, wear them shirts. <laughs> yeah, come on, Graham. Yeah. Get your act together here. It'll, ta- it'll take a while, but I'll wait. I'll hold tight. Um, from that, though, the, if we just talk about Paddy Pimlet for a few minutes here, mm. the internet was gushing, uh, world-class jiu-jitsu, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And then Steve asked him, like, this is, the, this is the sticking point that I have with him, Sean, and now call me a jiu snob all you like and say that jiu-jitsu is pointless and that I'm living the, living the uh, bullshit uh, lifestyle. Okay. I'm brainwashed. Oos. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I think what Pimblet did in the fight was nothing out of the ordinary from a grappling point of view. 
high level grappling point of view but to see it in an MMA point of view in an MMA fight to be performed in an MMA fight is what was so impressive with it because we don't actually see jiu-jitsu like that in MMA outside of the top really exciting guys fair unfair yeah Yeah. no that's fair yeah I thought he was absolutely tremendous I think he has been tremendous for a while but no, he's just to be able to fight so, so carefree yeah. to think that while you're being taken down you don't really care because you could throw up a flying triangle if not you're going to butcher the guy off your back or you're going to try submit him sweep him or get back up to your feet that must be a tremendous confidence a, a thing to have a tremendous confidence in and it's to be honest James Gallagher has a bit of that a bit of that about him as well because he is that good on the ground <coughs> James Gallagher yeah. versus Paddy Pimlet is the fight to make I don't care how I don't care how you have to do it just do it on a barge, international waters. <laughs> Do you know who I'd like to see? I'd like to see uh, Paddy Pimble against Norman Park if, that can, if he's fighting again in, in uh, before he gets to the UFC. That'd be good. I mean, you know, I said Reds are the all time, but I think you know, I think Paddy Pimble is ready for a big fight like that. But the thing about Paddy Pimble is, you see some fighters in, uh, just before they maybe get to the UFC, and you think, okay, they're you know they're ready for the UFC, but they still have a lot of improvement to. One that sticks up to me is Arnold Allen. He, you know, there's obvious talent there, but he's still improving an awful lot. But there's some guys kind of like McGregor where you think, okay, they're kind of ready for the UFC now. They're going to go in and make him. And Pimblet's you know, that guy as well. Pimblet is that guy. Pimblet is ready for the UFC. I think once he gets in there, you know, he's he's going to make a storm. And you know, he's a good guy. Um, uh, you know, a good personality. The personality's the best, to be yeah, honest. Like, and you you can you can fake. You know, people can tell when you're fake. Do you know, yeah. people can tell when what you're saying for media or social media is put on. Where, but Paddy Pimblett's the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Paddy Pimblett is too legit to quit, Sean. He is... Uh, real recognise real. Yeah, look, yeah. still not happy with that phrase being uh, stolen off me. But what, look, for another day, um, definitely hope to see him debut. Whether it's a pullout soon, whether it's another Cage Warriors fight. My one criticism of Cage Warriors, Sean... From what? the last Jen's Pulliver on commentary during Paddy Pimblet's fight. Do I like during him? Paddy Pimblet's fight. I don't want to say it like Cage Warriors have built a little narrative from themselves up until this point. How many ex how many UFC fighters were ex Cage Warriors fighters? Blah 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 blah. That's good. Proven ground. Dedic- yeah, we know that. We know that. But it seemed like they were just trying to get as many sound clips audio collections of Paddy Pimblett this 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 because they think he's going to be the next guy that gets picked up by the UFC it was like it was like Paddy Pimblett was fighting himself at times when Jens Pulver was commentating it no attention to Ashley Grimshaw quite unfair on Ashley Grimshaw big enough Pimblett's videos being inferior like superior better Grimshaw nearly tapped Pimblett I think in the second round or was stepping up the steps for the Kimura himself just Good defense and awareness from Pimblet throughout. That would be my only criticism. It's nothing to do with Paddy Pimblet. Maybe that it's just, you know, let's promote this guy because we think he's going to be the next Conor McGregor. He's going to be the next big Cage Warriors signing from Cage Warriors to the UFC. Do you know? Was that, I, I took that vibe. I'm getting that vibe. They released a pre-fight interview about Paddy Pimblet as well. That was very good. And I just think there's... There was a little touch of that there. That's all. That's my only yeah, criticism. These things happen. These things happen with everyone, in fairness. Well, yeah, they've probably learned. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They learned from the explode the Connor thing. Like, do you know, we speculate. Like, people have speculated online that part of maybe part of the Cage Warriors deal with the UFC 
It's Conor McGregor footage. You know, Conor McGregor fights all of the backlog of and different things like that to be able to get not just Conor, Joanna Jenjacek, other people that have fought through cage wires and got to the UFC. Joseph Duffy. Yeah. Joseph Duffy. Now the UFC have those have that access to that footage as well. I assume. I don't know. Future flyweight title challenger Neil Siri. Exactly. There you go. So speaking of flyweight titles, this weekend. <laughs> UFC returns to the MGM Grand Garden Arena where the flyweight title will be on the line. But also, John Jones is fighting Ovan Sempru and most exciting to me, Anthony Pettis is fighting Edson Barboza in what should be an absolute banger of a Sean, fight. I'm off this Saturday. You know that? Are you? Yeah. I'm, I'll actually be watching the card live from start to finish. Nice. I, I'll probably be watching my man cave, actually, which is oh. almost built. Yeah. So I have my I have my projector up. Did you see the pictures of it? I did. Snapchat? Yes, the projector, yeah. brilliant. Sean Sheehan yeah. BA on Snapchat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, 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 do you want to? Will we do like a? Will we do a live periscope or something? Or so what can we do? We could do something like that. I think we could do. We could try do a live. Uh, could we try do a live YouTube broadcast for maybe for maybe one or two fights this weekend? Yeah. Is, is there an interest? Maybe earlier on in the card, something on Fight Pass, we test it out. Do a live, uh, a live fight companion sort of thing. Andrew McGahan yeah. and Sean Sheehan. Or even we could do the Pettis Barbosa fight or something like that. We could do that. Yeah. We could practically commentate it because that's Let one of the fights know. I'm looking forward to the most. Me too. I know you're keen. I saw you and Patrick Wyman discussing it. I'm mm-hmm. a big uh, Edson Barbosa fan. I'm also Me a big too. Anthony Pettis fan. So this is kind of the ty- type of fight that you don't want to see actually happen. And when I say oh, that I as uh, when I say that as I'm a fan, I mean as I'm a fan yeah. of their fighting styles, and I don't want to see one guy get. Uh, knock down the rankings at behest of the other do you know because it's the sort of thing that you're fair enough we want to see the best guys fight at all times but how would you, you see that fight going um, to be honest if you ha- if I still had the same impression of Edson Barboza when he was wheel kicking Terry Adam I'd be like Edson Barboza is going to destroy uh, Anthony Pettis but he hasn't looked utterly invincible in every single fight that he's had in the UFC do you know like he's yeah. he has lost fights um, hasn't gotten going you could say the same thing for Anthony Pettis do you know like we've seen him at his absolute best and we've seen him when he's just bottled it and thrown away fights as well that being said like the guys that uh, Barboza has lost to, uh, who did he lose to last Tony Ferguson uh, in Tony December Ferguson, Michael Johnson Don Cerrone well there you go yeah. if you put uh, if you put Anthony Pettis up against those guys maybe you'd be t- favouring Anthony Pettis in some of those fights so there's I don't know, it's it's definitely one that's going to be an utterly exciting and captivating fight because there's no chance either of these guys go to the ground. Yeah, exactly. Bar I, maybe I Anthony Pettis maybe, getting yeah. dropped, Barboza swarming and, I don't know, I don't want to say similar to uh, Ben Henderson, didn't he? Armbar Ben uh, Henderson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he did, yeah. Um, I think it's going to bring out the best in both of them. As you said, there's no, going to be no takedowns of this. Both of them are going to be standing in in the in the middle of the cage. Like, it's in Barbosa's one of those guys, you know, sometimes they talk about people being uh, um, protected by the UFC. I think he's the opposite. They've given him so many, like, tough fights. Even guys like Danny Castillo, Bobby Green, you know, they haven't done him good wrestlers. I think guys, pressure guys like, like as you said, Ferguson, Michael Johnson, Don Cerrone, like they're all tough matchups for him. I think this is actually the best matchup for him because Anthony Johnson or what's his name? Anthony Pettis is a very good um, is a very good striker, but he's not. I, I was talking to Patrick Wyman about it last night. He's not the greatest counter striker. He won't put pressure on on Barbosa either. Like he's a guy who likes to stand in at range. He likes to admire his work and let his shots go. 
that's a very, very dangerous against Edson Barboza. Like Edson Barboza, I think is if you go kind of striker for striker, I think he's one of, definitely one of the best in the lightweight division, if not the best. Like he's someone with scary kicks, big punches. Like if you stand in that range with him, like Anthony Pettis will do, because that's the way Anthony Pettis fights. That's a dangerous game to play, I think. And okay, Pettis could catch him with a big head kick or something like that. I think one someone is getting knocked out in this fight, but I. I have a feeling it's going to be Pettis. I think Barboza hits harder, and if he, you know, if he doesn't have that danger of a takedown, and he's allowed to, you know, to get free, if he's allowed to get those big wheel kicks like he did against Terry Adam, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them connects and, and Anthony Pettis uh, was to sleep. Some other guy fighting this weekend. There is, yeah, yeah, you're Rodriguez. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we we'll, we'll, uh, just before John Jones. What about uh, Demetrius Johnson against Henry Cejudo? Do you give Cejudo any chance? John Jones. John John, yeah. John John, J-O-N-E. Shout out to Super Callow. Super Callow, podcaster extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. His podcast this week was very good, I thought, Sean. I thought it was very good as well. Top, yeah. top level, as always. The 45 minutes of complete silence made it's, it for me. No, well, to be honest, it's worth the $40 a month. It is. To his subscription service, in fairness. Mm-hmm. So um, go check him out on Twitter, Super Callow. Um, yeah. Also, something that we just, before we get onto it completely, Sean, something that we spoke about before, that yeah. we thought maybe wouldn't happen again. Could be the key to Edson Barboza winning the fight this weekend. It's if What's Chris Kalita sparks Anthony Sergio Pettis in Jesus the prelims man. earlier on in the night. Not saying that oh, it's yes. a, not saying yeah. that it's a, a cert or by any any means, but Sergio losing before, and I'm pretty sure the Pettis brothers have spoke. Uh, Anthony spoke about not wanting to fight on the same card as Sergio since then. Yeah. So that's definitely one to uh, one to watch out for because. Last time he fought on the same card as uh, as Pettis, he lost. Pettis lost. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, Okilet is nice to be. Uh, he's a good underdog as well coming in at times. Yeah, maybe, but anyway, the um, what fight were we talking about? Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejudo. Yeah. Um, right, I've got a theory. Go on. The UFC are so confident of Demetrius Johnson winning this fight, vacating his title, and going up to one thirty-five. Mm they cancelled the next season of The Ultimate Fighter. Because the tryouts were cancelled for the next season of The Ultimate Fighter <coughs> are, yeah. that was meant to have the winner getting a title shot at the end of the season against Demetrius Johnson. So, if I were to speculate, maybe Demetrius Johnson has already given the UFC his intention of his plans if he gets through Cejudo. What do you think? I don't think so, no. No? Think, Why do you think I don't they cancelled the season? Started, no one cared? Because... To apply? Not enough people. What what people have been saying online is not enough people who are going to be on the show speak English, and you can't have a show with really? people like speaking Portuguese and Japanese and stuff. Yeah, most of the best hundred twenty five pounders are from Japan and, and and Brazil and stuff like that. So it's going to be tough. Um, I think Demetrius Johnson wins, but I think I we're going to get to see him putting his back and see I how think, good he is all around. Yeah. I was watching tape for this fight last night. I wrote my preview last night, and Cejudo, where he's actually, you know, you watch him these fights and think, okay, he's doing a lot of boxing. He's not really wrestling for you know a gold medal um, winner for for wrestling in the Olympics. You think he'd be shooting double legs and single legs and stuff. Actually, what he's best at is he gets you know between striking exchanges when they kind of clinch up that's where he kind of where he shines and shows what kind of a, how good a grappler he is he likes to push guys against the fence and take them down from there or else like you know 
get a body lock and trip him and take him down in the middle of the cage. He doesn't do it that often because his striking has been winning him the fight so far. But against Demetrius Johnson, he'll have to up that and I think do it more. That's easier said than done because Johnson is very, very good at not letting guys get a hold of him in that situation. But Henry Cejudo is a different level of grappler than anyone he's ever fought before. So there's that there's a way that Henry Cejudo come in the fight, but I don't think he will. I think he could have a little bit of success, maybe win a round or two like that. But I think Demetrius Johnson is going to be too fast. He's going to stay away from him, and uh, he's going to be in. touched, can't be moved. Sign him out and, and uh, land these shots. So there you go. Five rounds Decision. for the UFC flyweight title. Uh, John Jones against OS, OSP. Let's get to it. So, uh, again, I was doing my preview for this last night watching OSP, and he's one of the most one-dimensional fighters. I was going to say boring before you said oh, one-dimensional. But, yeah, I was, I was thinking maybe a bit too harsh. Can't really wrestle him. Doesn't have great jiu-jitsu. Um, he's good when he gets on top, and he's good ground and bound. Very good scrambler and a good takedown defense. But... But he can get taken down. Uh, you know, when he, he he's he's a guy that's okay. His takedown defense is good because he's scrambling is good. You know, he can get taken down. He can put down. He can get put down. But he pops back up very well. If he's taken down and he doesn't pop back up, he can be held down for an awful long time, and he can't really get up. He doesn't really have sweeps, and you know, he doesn't. He he uses power an awful lot when he gets in that situation. But against John Jones, I don't think he'll have the, you know, he'll have the wherewithal to do that. Um, on standing up, all he has is a big left kick and a big left hand doesn't really jab that much paws out with that hand you know the hand fights a little bit but you know I don't, I don't think he has a puncher stance against John Jones and I think that's about it he has a big big left hand he has a big left kick he can attack the body but the range, he likes to fight from range just like John Jones does but if fighting from range with John Jones is literally the worst thing you can do I think John Jones is going to absolutely eat him up Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he finished him in the first round or second round maybe you as excited as I am to see John Jones back in the UFC. Yeah, I can't wait. I think this is going to be one of the best. Like <clears throat> we've seen John Jones up till this point. Now he's going to put an exclamation mark on every single one of those performances and say, "That was me when I was fucking about." Now look at me. I think yeah. we're going to be like literally mouth hanging open. Like, did he just do that? Is is this re- is this real life? Yeah, I agree. All hail. All hail John Jones. Joan. John Joan. John Joan. Anything else? El Bones. He has to walk up by, to Bones by the killers as well. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's pretty much a cert, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Did he not he text you last week and say he was going to do that? Yeah, he did, John. Yeah, he sent him a WhatsApp. You were like, yeah. John, look. Hey, it's Sean here. Yeah, Sheehan. Um, yeah. Think you should come out to the killers track, Bones. He was like, yeah. Very good. Thank you, Sean. Gonna look at stars. We took a back road in my car down to the ocean. There's only water and sand, and in the ocean we'll hold hands. But I don't really like you. Apologetically uh, dressed, etc. I need to find Brandon Which Flowers is, this time. He's a great man, isn't he? Mm. Um, time for some questions. Yes. Do you want to tell people about ORS nutrition while I get yes. them up? 
please uh, go over to Twitter as well and give our friends ROS Nutrition a follow. I think they're at ROS Nutrition. But you can, if you just search them, you find them anyway. If you go to rosnutrition.com, use the promo code SEVEREMMA, you will get 25% off your first order. They have all this really good stuff that I don't really understand to be honest because I'm a fat useless idiot uh, but you probably will as you're probably into fitness and stuff so they have pre-workout uh, protein all stuff like that that I don't really know anything about but you probably do so head on over to rossnutrition.com use the promo code at severe MMA and get 25 I think it's just off. severe MMA not oh, yeah, that what did I say oh sorry at yeah severe severe MMA. MMA. you're not on Twitter okay. now Sean I'm disconnect yourself from the matrix man yeah. severe MMA Sever Emma. Right. First question. Oh, uh, just oh, before we get to that. Oh, oh, oh. Congratulations to Yogurty Dave Fogarty for winning the Schmedia Award for best um photographer over the last year. Well no congratulations. Sports photographer of the year. Sports photographer. But to make it sound better, we're gonna say best photographer of the year at the student best media man awards. Of the year. Um fair play to him. I was there. The awards were Left a lot to be desired, I have to Heard admit, it? Sean. Yeah, Owen McDermott was on the MC. Not I very don't, I funny. Don't like that lad. Yeah, wasn't very funny. Tried to make some stupid jokes. Didn't go down well. Then you could tell instant like there was different people giving awards. Like there was thirty something awards and had a different host for every award. So luckily Dave was seventh, so we were in and out fairly quickly. But some of the speeches and some of the comments that there were presenters were making before up to that point were just like smash your head off the table and get me out of here still Dave Fogarty he came he saw he conquered he left with his uh, with his tombstone as they're uh, as, as they were known in suits anyway do you know them uh, little glass things yeah yeah one of those a nice wee thing for the for the living room wall and uh, fair play to him congratulations when are we gonna win an award Um. Technically, Sean, if I was still in college, we would have we could have won many awards at those same things. Like we could have put this podcast in in for it, and we just would have wiped out completely. Like someone needs to put us in for like a best podcast of the year award or something because we're definitely not going to do it ourselves. No, we're not. Yeah. But um, he also uh, Dave Fogarty also has a book coming out, Sean. Because of that, tell people about that. Um, I think so. He asked me to just say it. If we were talking well, about the speed, as he said, just let people know. For his college project, he has to make a book. And it's one of the things. He's making a book on Irish MMA and he's looking to release it later on in the year. It's a picture book. So yeah. Dave's been around Irish MMA for a while now. He's been at events. He's been behind the scenes. He's going around gyms taking portraits of fighters. So if you see him at an event, stop him. Ask for a picture. You might make it into his next book. He's the ginger-haired fellow that wears camouflage, although that may prevent you from actually being able to see him at the uh-huh. event. Dum, dum. He's a lovely picture of me and Graham Boyle and he said he'd promised to put into his book. Oh, well then, there we go. I'm in it too, so buy it for that reason alone. Me and Sean make an appearance. There you go. Um, outside of that, Sean, are we ready for a few questions? Yes, let's let's do let's, five or six questions. Yes, because we have to wrap up. It's yeah. uh, recording on a Monday night here just because of uh, schedule conflicts tomorrow. So we're, we're all over the place here. But kicking off the show, as always, as always, who is it going to be from Sean? Mr. Podge. Mr. Podge himself. He wants to know, should Joe Jitsu try out for the latest season of Tough? He would have got a guaranteed title shot. Yeah, well, if it's not cancelled. Maybe not if the they... I'd like to see them do current 125ers. Yeah, but it's going to be tough, isn't it? To get, are they going to pay them then for all their fights? That's going to cost them a lot of money. Putting them in a the house. You know, they'll probably have to pay them to stay in the house then for weeks as well. Whereas if you get lads who are not in the UFC, you can fucking do it for free and give them a crap contract afterwards. 
But yeah, I'd like to see him do it that way, but I think I don't know if it's going to cost him too much money for for it to be worth for like an absolutely dying show that nobody's going to watch. The Irish Karen wants to know with Sport Ireland's comments about MMA not being a sport because of no governing body, even though the IAPA were set up to try and do just that. That was my point added in. Uh, will we see a governing body in Ireland, and should every country have one to try use as a <coughs> union for fighters? Uh, yeah, I think Ireland definitely needs one, but. Mark Ratner had a, an interview with uh, Luke Thomas there last week and he said there's something which was pretty interesting to me that he wouldn't mind seeing the IMMAF which is the International uh, Mixed Martial Arts Federation set up a board that um, you know that covers MMA all over the world so maybe you wouldn't have one in Ireland you'd have a worldwide kind of board that, that governs it where maybe there's one in Ireland that are part of the IMMAF you know, not that a bad probably, idea you know, that'd make good sense so yeah, hopefully that you know that does happen, and you know we we need to happen. We spoke about it a lot last week, so yeah, you need that. That'd be great if it did happen pretty soon. Um, we got a couple of questions about uh, cards and James Gallagher and different things like that. I know we did cover a lot of that earlier on, so just because we don't read out your question doesn't mean we didn't see it and incorporate it into the discussion um, yeah. earlier on in the show. But our next question from Jamie McD Seven, Jamie McDermott. Sean, would you rather two million? No, is that right? That looks like two hundred thousand. Yeah, would you rather two hundred thousand or a fifty-fifty coin flip for one point five million? Oh, I take the coin flip. I take the coin flip as well. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, Ian Thornton MMA. Could we see a similar finish in the Aldo Edgar fight, like we saw against Mendez, as he took the fight too soon after being KO'd? I think don't think he's I taken it too soon. Well, you think he's had enough time to recover? Nine months, ten months. Well, no, seven months really. Well, yeah. August. Oh no, December to July. Start of December. Start of December. Start of, start of July. So seven eight, months. Eight months. Uh, I don't know. I think. Uh, I think maybe people are putting too much stress and weight on that because of what's been said about not fighting so quickly. I do think I can see him. Like, we've seen guys recover from bad KOs and come back in such a short space of time as that, but I don't know. I, I am picking Edgar, Edgar for that fight regardless, so. I'm a Carrado. You're a Carrado. I'm a Carrado. David Nutty wants to know, are you a Game of Thrones fan? Because I'm not. No, never seen it. Nah, I haven't watched an episode of it, sorry. Um, Shane Kiley asking about Pettis and Barboza. Will it be like a real-life Jet Li film or will Barboza play it safe and embrace the grind to get a win? Oh, I think it's more likely Pettis and Bryce is going to get a win. I think Barbosa only knows how to fight one way. Hmm. Um, Pat McGroin says, do you think this is a false dawn for JDS? He didn't have to fear a takedown, so his boxing was able to look great. Uh, I think JDS is still a very good fighter. Um it, it was a good matchup for him, in fairness. JDS struggles when there's pressure put on him, but the game he fought at the weekend is a game he usually doesn't fight and maybe if he was to fight like that against pressure fighters well it's an obvious improvement he's made that he could do a little bit better so he needs uh, with every way it's different because Alistair Overeem has kind of started doing that as well um, where he protects his chin more and maybe JDS needs needs to do that as well um, but yeah it, it's tough 
false yeah it might be a false I don't know is it a false on I think you know uh, like he lost again glasses a couple of times Fernandez is a very good fighter you know he, he tough fight against Steve Miocic which he, he still won you know and then he lost over him as I said over him is a very good fighter as well so you know if JDS goes through a couple of years maybe without much um, much damage and he can you know he can take out a few guys maybe he has a little bit of life left in him yet but you know, I think that damage is still there at the moment, and uh, I think if he was put in against someone really, really good, I think he'd have trouble again as well. I have a couple of. Uh, I realised, Sean, that the questions I was asking there were from last week's. Yeah, we did, so I'm well. gonna have to uh, throw just a few more quick fire ones out. F- five or so more minutes, Mister Podge. Does the Cage Warriors Fight Pass deal affect Bama? Can you see fight fighters itching to jump ship and to get on Fight Pass? I don't know. I think five pass is a big thing. Like Cagers and Bama are probably a similar footing now. There, you know, they'll give you a platform, a platform to get to the UFC. So I think you know this is a big, big six months to a year for Cage Warriors now because I said earlier, Bama kind of have overtaken them um, and are putting on very good shows. So we'll see how Cage Warriors go. You know, we were big fans of Cage Warriors here, and you know when this podcast started, we were wishing that they came back, and now they are back. But it's a lot of time has, you know, a lot of time has passed. So we, you know, we'll see how they get on. Hopefully, they'll be as good as they were before. And if they, if they are, I think you know, there's good things for UK sim- MMA. Yeah, exactly, and it's a similar level between themselves and Bama. Well, from that, then AJK Dublin uh, would like to know: with Bellator finally coming to the UK, is that a good or bad thing for Cage Warriors and Bama? Don't Wouldn't be surprised to see Bellator pick sense. up a couple of guys like for this card. Couple yeah. more guys. Yeah, they probably with Bellator pick up guys sometimes with you know on one fight contracts and things as well. So I could see that happening or yeah, they could if they're planning keep you know, if they're planning coming back, if they're planning doing an Irish card maybe, yeah, you could see them picking up guys from around here. I'm not sure, you know, how how well it's gonna go for them over here. They had an, I think they had an Italy card last weekend actually, did they? Yeah, they were in Italy yeah. last weekend. Yeah, so maybe they'll pick up a few guys from around here. Um Friend of the podcast, the man that has probably got people blind drunk already if they had to play his drinking game, John Harker. By the way, if you were like, hopefully people didn't actually take that as a drinking game at the start, Sean. Otherwise, you would have uh, you would have crippled a lot of people by yeah. just reading the entire card out one after the other. Exactly. Yeah. He wants to know. Uh, I had it up here. I had it up here. Um, Genuinely. Genuinely was another one. I said genuinely. No, I did not get my glove box fixed. That was the first part of the question. And yeah. will Sean Sheehan be travelling to Bama? And what is your ideal walkout tunes? I think I, yeah, I think I will be travelling to Bama. And my ideal walkout tune would be um, uh, Lincoln Park, bleed it out, used by Leota Machida at UFC 104 versus Shogun in the first fight. Mine is um. Oh, what the fuck is it called? I can't remember. Come back to me. It's I'll called Come Back to Me. I don't know who sings oh. that. No, how dare you? <laughs> uh, okay, I'll ask you the next question then. Brian McLaughlin, what do you lads think will happen with GSP when it comes to his Under Armour deal with Reebok if he does come back? I think he's going to go into the UFC octagon wearing Under Armour. You think it's going to be the the first man to it. show the cracks in the, the Reebok yeah. deal? <clears throat> I could see him like maybe wearing... UFC kit or something, you know, the top. I mean, in an Under, Under Armour, Armour style. Yeah. Under Armour, no, but Under Armour um, shorts or something like that, maybe. Perhaps. Um, a couple of moments before you go. Who 
has got a better chance of making the Champions League from Eamon McLean Liverpool or United Liverpool oh you're a bad man Sean uh, JJ Mills with a question could this affect the Reebok deal with the UFC in the future and this could relate into the George St. Pierre the NBA owners have approved advertising on uniforms so teams are allowed to sell advertising on in their uniforms in a three year trial so it's another potential revenue stream for those guys so there you go maybe the UFC could go that way maybe the Reebok deal isn't as ironclad as uh, some people think I don't know I, I don't think so to be honest I think they had that and they've, they're gone from it now when this Reebok deal is up maybe they could they could change it back but at the moment I don't think uh, I don't think it's changing right last three questions very quick ex-girlfriend of the show Jeff Crosdale wants to know would you rather be a seal or the actual singer seal think hard about this Sean because seals have a pretty carefree existence I'd rather be the singer he's married to Heidi Klum isn't he no I would rather be a seal uh, there used to be a grey and tower No, we're not singing on Seal on the podcast this week, I'm afraid, Sean you uh, Ian Thornton, one, uh, his last question for the day What are your thoughts no. on Brandau getting arrested for pulling a gun at an employee at a strip club? He pistol whipped the motherfucker Pistol whipped the mother Like, in a strip club The one, like, first of all, probably walking around the place Throwing singles about while piston, pistol whipping fools What a man What a man Anyway Aside from that, he's probably going to be in a lot of trouble, so we won't really joke about that any further. Oh, but yeah. the Irish Karen to finish off, what do you make of Bellator London with Kimbo in the main event? Kimbo got a, a suspension for truck for testosterone, and now yes, he's fighting. and now he's fighting yeah. in London, where there's no yeah. commission, Sean. It's a joke of a fight, but I don't really, you know, I don't really care about Bellator anymore. They're a joke of an organization in for these fighters, as I said, they're building. A thing where they've joked main events now and then they're bringing on these young guys who they hope will be great fighters in five years' time. So that's not going to change for a while. So, you know, let them, manage, let them keep doing it. Um, you know, it's not surprising, really. I just saw uh, a brilliant gif that was sent to us. Did you see that on Twitter? Uh, TMZ Sports of St. Pierre and John Jones. Yeah, that happened like two years ago. Oh, was it? And Jones yeah. was like shaking his head, being like, no, nah, don't let him see me, and then start smiling. He's like, oh look, it's John Jones. Oh, look, it's you, George. I didn't see you there at all. Um, so there you go. That looks like it's it, Sean, for the week. Yeah. Wait. What? I remember. I remember my song, my walkout oh, song. Oh, what is it? Brewing up a storm by the stunning. Oh, good song. I'll give you that. That wouldn't be a bad one. I still yeah. think uh, Lincoln Park "Bleed It Out" was a good one, but I haven't. Yeah. I haven't fully settled on my walkout song yet. I, ha- I don't think I'll ever need one, so I don't really need to give it too much thought. Hey. Never know Never know yet Mike Jackson can do it Why can't I do it You're dead right (laughs) Definitely Um, He's he's not a blue belt is he um, Probably ranked higher Is he (laughs) Uh, No he has no ground game Doesn't he not He's just a kickboxer Oh yeah well then Look blue belch Four stripe blue belch Take him down Coming for purple now soon Would you fight Mike Jackson Yes I would Yeah Deadly No problem Set it up Make it happen Get the papers Potter's best friends are that dude Is he Well then set it up he got released by the UFC actually. I just oh, did he? There yesterday. So yeah. the low bob fight isn't happening. No. No. What's the plan, Sean, for this week? Uh, Back to normal here in the podcasting world. I'm, I'm just finished down Man Cave now. I, everything is nearly done. I'm just hanging my bar. I have a new. Um, uh, I have a new development in relation to mine. Have you? Stephen Larry has offered to paint it and donate the paint for it. 
Nice. But I am putting it on the back finger as I am a... I'll send you a picture of my room now when I go upstairs. So do you know the way when we did the chat with Pizzi a while ago, we had the yeah. severe MMA thing in the background? Yeah. So that corner, my TV will stay there, but the other corner is being taken out and a desk is being built, a custom desk that goes around the wall. Oh, I like it. So I can have, as you know, this show is often delayed by other people looking to use the house computer because it's where my mixer and mic and stuff is all set up. So that will be attached to the desk upstairs, permanently set up, ready to record. Um, a little camera will be set up as well for another maybe future product, as well as my DJing yes. deck and stuff set up just to be able to drop a few beats in the middle of the podcast if you want. Sweet. So that's going to be a lot of wood and dust and sawdust in my room. It's been uh, it's been customized, would you believe? Ooh. So uh, we're going to look into that. It'll be pretty cute. Pretty cute. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and my little desk is from Argos that costs like 25 euro. This is a little desk that's been in my house for about 20, oh not 20 years, say coming up in 10 years. And it's uh, it's just too small, you know, it doesn't, like, I, I could move this desk upstairs, but then it wouldn't go around the wall, so. Yeah. There's no real, and also then no one would have a computer desk <laughs> down here, so I can't <laughs> really do that. Yeah. But if you want to get in touch over the next week, please, 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 please do. Get in touch with us on Twitter at Severe MMA Pod. He's over at Sean Sheehan BA. By the way, John Harker wants to know what does BA stand for again? Is it just BA or Botter something? Botter's associate. No. Yeah. Blame badass. Andrew. Sean Sheehan badass, is it? That's it, yeah. No, do you know, I don't know what it actually sounds for? I think you've told me. Yeah. Sure. Like I'm BA. Bachelor of Arts. Oh, yeah, that's it. I earned them, I earned them letters. I might as well use them. <laughs> doctor Sean Sheehan <laughs> Shout out actually to Patrick Wyman Who got his doctor Dr. Patrick Wyman From that though If you want to get in touch As I said Severe MMA pod He's at Sean Sheehan BA I'm at Andrew McGahan Underscore We're on Facebook We're on all the podcast apps Tell your friends Tell your ma Share it on Facebook Tell your granny Tell your ex Just look Here's what you do right You're heartbroken A girl's broken your heart You need to find a casual way To get in touch with them And say hey Look well What's the crack Hello. It's me. Um, look, I know we haven't spoken in six months and I may have gotten with your best friend, but I really think you should check out the Severe MMA podcast. She'll probably hang up then soon afterwards, but at least it's in her head. Do you know, she'll check it out. She yeah. may subconsciously stumble upon us, listen to it, hear the story and think, oh my God, those guys are unreal. That may so not happen, well. but what? What people should do, if they're like in really busy public toilets, Play it on get loud. out of Byra no, and write it on the back of a toilet door, right? Yes. Severe MMA Graf- podcast. Graffiti severe MMA yeah. podcast around the, the country doors. at your leisure. And whoever yeah. does it the best becomes the best friend of the podcast. If you take a picture of you having done that, Take a picture of you. Sean Sheehan will send you a signed I will, letter. I will follow you on Twitter. <laughs> Honestly, I will. I'll do that. Oh, my God. There you go. I think next week's podcast is going to be uh, started off with Sean Sheehan from a jail cell discussing <laughs> about how he was arrested for telling people to graffiti and uh, deface public property. Uh, so there we I go. Think, I was thinking of getting stickers printed up so we could... Uh, Dave Fogarty got stickers, would you believe? Over. They're quite I think nice. I saw them, yeah, and... ginger beard photography. They're on yeah. my water bottle. I'll say I'll keep one for you. I have one anyway. Yes. So um so that's it really. I have no more crack. You have no more lyrics. You have no no more mu- nursery rhymes. No more singing to do. As always, what? No more singing. No more singing to do. No. Good. Okay. 
As always, thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate the support, the love, the likes, the shares, the comments, the retweets. They all mean the world to us, but we're still trying to create some sort of converter where we can change them into cash money. We're very close. We're very close, Sean. I know we're going to have a technological breakthrough very soon, but until then... See you all next week.